Welcome, everybody, to number 31, issue 31, podcast 31 of the Metabilis 2 podcast, which stars myself, Ben. And David. Ah, coming to you from the drippy northwest of the United States, where it is yep. very drippy and wet. Endless rain. Endless rain. Luckily, not mercury rain, as they <laughs> probably have on the planet Vulcan, probably. Oh, it makes sense with the... Uh mercury pools that they have obsessed as they are with mercury on that planet mm-hmm. um so yeah this week i think i've just given the game away haven't i yeah power <laughs> of the daleks power of the daleks is what we're going to be talking about yeah and there's a lot to say um well Reese, should we t- should yeah. we focus in on the animation since that's the new bit or do you do we need to do an overview of the story well, why don't we just do a quick overview of the story? Okay. I mean, I guess that can segue into the animation. I think one of the interesting... I mean, there obviously there are a lot, a lot. There are too many uh, stories, um, missing episodes from mm-hmm. our favorite TV show. Mm-hmm. But of course, the amazing thing about that is that we have soundtracks from every single missing episode. Um, what we don't have, what we what are literally missing are the pictures. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, people in the 60s enterprisingly wired up their TVs to mm-hmm. reel-to-reel tape recorders and made very high-quality tape recordings. So there is a lot of material potentially for the BBC and its companions in America to animate. And I think it's, it's obviously it's a very, very difficult process. And, and we'll probably talk about that at some point in the next 45 minutes. Yep. And I think one of the questions that, I mean, I think I'd probably like to ask you, David, is what do we think about just the kind of basic idea of producing animations for these soundtracks. Do we think this is a good idea or a bad idea? Well, I think it makes the story more accessible for certain type of fans who... Maybe the newer fans, because I know for a fact that you have all the recordings anyway, and you're perfectly happy to listen to them without pictures. I think for a large percentage of the American audience, they didn't grow up with radio dramas on BBC. Interesting. And so listening to something... Just audio only is a foreign experience to them, and it's not as accessible. So I think the big Finnish audios, for example, don't have quite as deep of penetration in the U.S. market as they do in the British market just because we didn't grow up with it generally. For myself, I did grow up with it because there was, in the 80s, the... uh, National Public Radio, they had the NPR Playhouse. So they... okay. They rebroadcast like the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, the dramatization of the Lord of the Rings. They commissioned Star Wars in thirteen parts. So they. I remember. A... I remember here they had the Star Wars mm-hmm. kind of audio play on Radio One, which mm-hmm. I found quite extraordinary because I, I mean, I religiously listened to uh, BBC radio drama like from you know from when I, from really when I was quite small actually, and I still love drama on audio. And I remember being very confused actually when the American uh, Star Wars one came out, like, well, why mm-hmm. have they done this? But anyway, yeah, sorry, carry on. Well, yeah, 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 and and uh, there is a nonprofit in Fort Edward, New York, called ZBS Media, and they do stories on Ruby, which is kind of a sci-fi Philip K. Dick's type detective, Ooh. and they also did kind of a metaphysical. Uh, it kind of captures the spirit of the late 1960s, early 1970s alternative hippie culture. Interesting. Um, starring a character called Jack Flanders. So those were okay. um, on the air in the 1980s, and I really got hooked right. on radio drama. And there was a lot of imports at the time. Like uh, the, they did Lord Peter Whimsey novels, mm. Bertie Wooster. So there was a lot of crossover in the early 80s so i got in the habit of listening to drama on the radio and so the soundtracks of the doctor who uh, missing stories you know the ones that were yeah. uh, recorded the crystal clear ones yeah uh, that were recorded by um like graham strong and david holman yeah uh, that mark airs remastered and that's what we have on the cds they were very very accessible to me Right, right, you know, right. Just because of that training or that I I had grown grown used to listening to drama on the radio. Right, right. So I mean, so um, what what do you feel about having them animated though? I mean, I mean, do you, because you went to the uh, I mean, I didn't, um, but mm-hmm. you did. Uh, go. Uh, go and see this in the cinema when it was released. Is it called a cinema here? Movie house, you know, what picture theater, <laughs> place where they show films. Yeah. 
they did a one-time showing in omnibus format, so they run together all six episodes. But it still into... must have been like a couple of hours, right? Hour oh, it two was... and a half hours, quite long to watch. Unfortunately, I found the experience kind of grueling. And... A jerkily <laughs> animated Bernard Archer yelling at you? <laughs> the thing the thing with the animations, the, yeah. so like the first animation that uh, was done in 2006 with Cosgrove Hall mm -hmm. for the invasion, I thought was a really good animation, and it the animation is done really smoothly. They did a lot with rotoscoping. It seems like it is a flash animation technique that they use, but it's yeah. it worked really well and it tied in. There was a lot of reference uh, material for the animators to because it's it's, uh, it's it's only two episodes, right? It's only two episodes yeah. of, uh, that are missing from that serial. Yeah, and then uh, then there was a later animations. Uh, let's see, Reign of Terror. Yep, which uh, Big Finish and Theta Sigma put together, and that. It had a probably a pretty uh, uh, harsh reaction from fandom because what the what Theta Sigma animators did is they did a more modern style, so they weren't trying to recapture what it would look like in the 1960s or yeah. what they could do filming in the 1960s. They they updated it and because it was kind of aeon fluxy in a sort of a not a very good way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then uh, Planet Fifty Five did the animated the tenth planet in the oh, moon sorry, base. Yeah, the tenth moon base. Yeah, and they did kind of an anime style. For me, it worked fairly well. Uh, yeah. It ties well enough together with the source material. So I think Cosgrove Hall did a better job with the animation in the invasion for my taste but i think the moon base is probably my number two of the uh you know, yeah. partially animated stories it does make them more accessible it's yeah. more i'm more likely to watch those missing adventures yeah. than i was when they were on vhs yeah i mean it was a rev i mean the watching uh the invasion I mean, that was a revelation for me because i mean i own that on vhs and it's mm -hmm. it's just it's really kind of takes you it kind of jerks you out of, of, mm -hmm. of what's going on when you, you when you go into the audio mm -hmm. uh, yeah, I think it was Nicholas Courtney who did the linking in it. Yeah, uh, which, linking which is, narration between which is them. great because everyone loves Nicholas Courtney, but still, mm -hmm. it was just him talking. Um, and Cosgrove Hall, obviously, um, I mean, are, are professionals. You know, they're the people behind Danger Mouse. Mm -hmm. um, um, I mean, they know absolutely what they're doing in terms of being an animation studio. Mm -hmm. um, but they, unfortunately, they went out of business. They <laughs> did. So, so maybe they didn't know what they were doing, or, or maybe they did. Who knows? I think it's a very competitive market in Britain yeah. for animation. Yeah, competitive meaning people go out of business all the time. Well, um, right. There's a lot of well, there's a lot of competition, and they have a competition from the animation houses in like Korea and, and other parts in Asia, yeah. which undercut. Yeah, undercut exactly. So, uh, but I think this is the first time with Power of the Daleks. Um, well, I mean, let's just segue quickly. I was also bitterly disappointed, and I really still don't understand why the missing episode from the Web of Fear wasn't animated. That's just criminal. Well, there is an animation of the Web of Fear episode three. It was done by a fan. It's available on YouTube. Oh, uh, the fan. Oh, Adam I'm sure there is. Yes. <laughs> Adam Bullock. It's, <laughs> it's, it's flash animation. It works. Is it good? I haven't well. seen it. I haven't seen it. It's, it's it. fairly good. I mean, is it's it? when you okay. consider it's the work of one person, and okay. it does help flow the story together. If you're looking for animation, if you're not really yeah. in keen with the telestamps. Now, the reason I believe Web of Fear wasn't animated was because Philip Morris was very optimistic that he could get his hands on the missing episode three. Um, yeah. In his uh, recounting of it, he had all six episodes, but one episode went walkabouts, and he thinks it was stolen and sold into the hands of a private collector. Uh, well, Philip Morris. Yeah, mm -hmm. well, he needs to come up with some more missing episodes before <laughs> I'm friends with him again. Okay. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I think he's done... He's he, no, he's done a good job. He's, he's just, done, done a, a good, good job. job. Done right. a good job. I um, mean, he needs to find some more though. Yeah. Then there's one more animation uh, with Curios, another company that's no oh, longer okay. doing animation, but they did the Ice Warriors in uh, 2013. Oh yeah, now the Ice Warriors. That again, that was pretty good. Hmm. I mean, I think what's what's interesting is, and I think it's why the Web of Fear kind of rankled so badly with me is that it, I think this, this is relevant for the discussion about Power of the Daleks. It makes a lot of sense to animate episodes that, that are quite static. 
Right. Um, so Web of Fear obviously basically takes place in the London Underground, which is sort mm-hmm. of like maybe two, possibly three sets. Mm-hmm. And is therefore, you know, in terms of background and the way that characters interact with background is kind of relatively simple to... Right. You know, it's more simple than if you were going to animate, I don't know... Um, the Evil of the Daleks the, is going to be a hard one. You yeah, have Evil of the historical Daleks. historical costume in multiple sets. Yeah, or or actually even, I mean, I, I again, I was actually absolutely astounded that they, uh, that they did... Um, uh, 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 that they did um, the the, the Terror. I was amazed they did that because that's mm-hmm. as you said that's historical sets that's a bunch mm-hmm. of people who look basically the same and they've all got hats um, mm-hmm. and it's kind of boring because it's the French Revolution etc 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 but it was only again it's only two episodes it is only two episodes did, yeah. did plug a hole yeah. in uh, otherwise complete story and a well a well regarded tale uh, but with Power of the Daleks um, I'd like uh, the Ice Warriors you know this is a base under siege story mm-hmm. essentially uh, and you, you have know, a finite amount of sets as long as you get the base right mm-hmm. you're halfway there it's also mm-hmm. I think I think one of the tricky things about the Ice Warriors was those kind of wacky 60s costumes that they were, that they were wearing which I think were hard to animate in the end but the great mm-hmm. thing about Power of the Daleks is that if you get the Daleks right and this is one thing that Power of the Daleks really nails in terms of their mm-hmm. animation the Daleks look absolutely stunning in this animation in my opinion yeah, there's two types of animated Daleks in there. You have the 3D Daleks, which were Rob Ritchie. Okay. And then I think there is also other animation of Daleks. So you right. have a combination of 3D Daleks and the 2D Daleks. And the 3D Dalek scenes, I think, look phenomenal. Yeah, they do. They do. They're, yeah, the Daleks look absolutely great. And, I mean, they, they preserve... Again, I mean, I don't know because I, I wasn't old enough to watch the Power of the Lights, but they preserve, you know, every kind of, you know, the, mm-hmm. that's when they, they clunk against things or like one slightly late coming in, the way they move. Um, there's a, on the DVD, which of course I own, you know, they have clips, um, sensor clips and so kind of surviving clips. So you, you can actually compare uh, and it's it's very, uh, right. it's, it's super accurate and really, right. really just kind of beautiful to see. Mm-hmm. And you know, really kind of uh, the Daleks look wonderful. I mean, I I watch like mm-hmm. a whole uh, a whole movie of those Daleks doing stuff like that. And the other thing I think that looks just amazing is Daryl Joyce's backgrounds, which he yes. painted in gouache and uh, did some refinements, like in uh, digital refinements, probably in Photoshop or something like that. But the right. backgrounds are just phenomenal. They really capture the sets that Derek Dodd did. Yeah, and is he the um, the guy who's who I wasn't previously aware of this Dodd? individual um is he the guy who, who's doing the did that amazing kind of dalek uh, epic that you can get on the internet um no he is the original designer of power of the daleks oh okay oh, i'm sorry who was, who was the guy you said who was who was like actually animating the daleks oh that's rob ritchie is that rob ritchie is he the guy who does that dalek epic thing that you can get on the internet mm, don't know um, um rob ritchie has done some reconstructions of like the dalek emperor in uh, Evil of the Daleks. Right. Uh, you might have seen his things floating around okay. um, the internet. Okay. Yeah, so the Daleks are great. I, As you know, I love Daleks. Mm-hmm. I could watch Daleks all the time. Daleks doing things. The whole sequence where you're kind of inside their secret Dalek uh, making manufacturing mm-hmm. facility is... That's, that's very wonderful. ...is better than it was <laughs> in real life, I think. Well, I was curious when they announced the project that were they going to try to... Uh, do 2D model uh, photo <laughs> Daleks in the background, <laughs> right. or were they actually going to do... Just like, we're actually going to do some proper Daleks here, yeah, which they and did. They, they went God. for proper Daleks, yeah. so it, you're right. The, the Dalek scenes, especially the 3D scenes, look better than if we ever are so fortunate to see the actual visuals for the power of the Daleks that were recorded in 68. Yeah. Um, 66. 66. 66, yeah. So yeah, I'm basically yeah. a month old at this point. <laughs> yeah, so you're, you have crystal clear uh, recall of oh, absolutely. actually my, seeing the power of the Daleks. Yeah, my parents like sat and like propped me up in front of the power of the Daleks. <laughs> yeah, I, I, yeah it, it looked, it's better. It's better. And we you have the Dalek mm-hmm. production line, which I think they've used, mm-hmm. you know, Lewis Marks or whatever Daleks, the model Daleks, um, which again, mm-hmm. you know, are crap because they don't actually look like proper Daleks. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so much better. But I'll have to also say, I've watched The Power of the Daleks animation now a couple of times, mm-hmm. as I'm sure you have too. Well, you, you watched it yes. definitely twice because you saw I've it first. I've watched it, yeah. yeah. First in, in the cinema, but of course mm-hmm. now I have the, the DVD, which I watched it a couple of times. Um, the first time round, I found it a bit difficult. 
I was really noticing the kind of Star Trek, the animated series effect of the animation. It wasn't pleasing me mm-hmm. and I was kind of noticing it too much. Second time round, absolutely loved it. Absolutely mm, loved interesting. it. Interesting. Just really, I just kind of got into the groove of the animation. I stopped watching the animation. I started paying attention to the story. Mm-hmm. One of the, I mean, I, I've, I think I've talked about Bernard Archard before. Bernard Archard's actually one of my really favourite British character actors. Okay. I'd, I'd actually forgotten, because I'm an idiot, that he was in <laughs> Power of the Daleks. Well, that's is... where the lack of the visual really is evident. It's hard sometimes to picture the actor yeah. doing in the role. So having a visual, even just a visual hint, whether it be a telesnap or an animation, really helps Absolutely. visualize in the mind's eye what yeah. the story looks like. Absolutely. And one of my, one of my very favorite... Uh, Doctor Who action figures is my action figure of Bernard Archard um, <laughs> as as Professor Marcus Scarman from uh, excellent yeah this is definitely it's definitely extremely excellent um, <laughs> but you know he's in Day of the Jackal and mm-hmm. he's in Village of the Damned um, he's in an amazing film an amazing film called Play Dirty from okay. 19, from 1966 uh-huh. with uh, with Michael Caine um, uh-huh. uh, in it and if you haven't seen that movie you have to see it because it's brilliant anyway okay. Bernard Archer is amazing mm-hmm. and it's he's and they've got him you know it's he's it's he's kind of a little bit um, what's the word unmoving hmm. but uh, and the uh, just very very nicely done mm-hmm. the uh, Lesterson the kind of mad scientist again. Very, very beautifully done. I uh, mm-hmm. can't remember the character's name now, but the uh, person who's in charge of the doomed colony. The governor. Governor Hansel. It yes. really comes together really, really nicely. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the kind of sneaky way that the Daleks take things over and they obviously know that Bregan Bernard Archer is, you know, is, is a villain and he's going to be, you know, he's going to go too far and he's going to, yeah, you he, know. Yeah, he plays those type of characters quite a bit. <laughs> Absolutely. So I, I actually, as I said, my first look at it, I was... A little bit disappointed, but my second time around, it was wonderful, and I really, really enjoyed it. Okay. Over to you. Well, yeah, it's... Uh, not so I, much. I, 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 st- I struggle with this one. Uh, I've watched it now three times. Okay. <laughs> Once in the theater, in the in the marathon, and then twice with the DVD. Okay. And mo- most recent time, just trying to, you know, look at it for this podcast. And I have a really hard time getting into it. Oh. Ben Jackson just doesn't look right. Uh, Martin Garrity himself has admitted that he just didn't get Ben right. Yes, and okay. the animation is just not very smooth for me, and it doesn't suck me in. It, it doesn't work for me, and I want to be really positive for it because like, there are certain things that are really good in it, and... Like the, I think the Joyce's backgrounds are really good. I think the, yes. the Daleks are an improvement over what we would have seen in Definitely. 1966. And I think it's a really ambitious work. And I think the talent is right. I mean, the if you, unfortunately, in the North American Region 1 uh, release, they put a heavily compressed black and white version on disc two. And they put a really, the, the full uh, version uh, of colorized on disc one with hardly any compression artifacts. Really? But you get the compression artifacts on disc two, and you don't get any of Adrian Salmon's excellent tinting and shading in the color version. The color version is not watchable, in my opinion. Really? And you turn down the color just to you know desaturate it so, so it's black so, and white. So you don't on. have the tinting or shading in the color version that Adrian Salmon, and that really helps Garrity's character designs right. a lot that you do not get in the color version. So let's get this clear. I have, okay. I'm, I'm the proud owner of the Region 2 uh, right. double DVD edition, which is mm-hmm. just, just in black and white. Mm-hmm. Disc 1 gives you Power of the Daleks in glorious black and white, and Disc mm-hmm. 2 gives you the extras. You're saying that the American release is the black and white version and also the color version too? The American version is Disc 1, the color version. Yeah. Disc 2 is black and white. The Telesnap reconstruction that they did for the oh, MP3 CD... All the extras all compressed onto one DVD. So the one DVD that you want, oh, disc that's two, ridiculous, is heavily compressed. So there's a lot of compression artifacts in the black and white video. The color one doesn't have quite the artistry Gosh. that they did, 
And so there's really big compression artifacts in the black and white version. And you can't just simply desaturate the color version. Right, because right. Because the shading and tinting that's been done artistically by Adrian Salmon is gone. Well, I'm, I'm astounded by that. Well, I guess I'm not astounded because, you know, unfortunately... <laughs> What is, who, who, who never went broke by underestimating the, the taste of the American public, whatever that phrase is, because uh, that's, that's a scandal. I think American fans should be up in arms with BBC America or, or whoever the hell's released that DVD. Mm-hmm. I mean, you shouldn't... I well, mean, they, they colorized it for the American market, so that's, which, that's, just that's what I think they also yeah. broadcast on BBC America, so that is... Foolish. Well, that's what they wanted to sell, yeah. and that's what they broadcast. Yeah. Well, well. I mean, listener, this is a, a good opportunity for you to finally hack your DVD player to Region <laughs> 2 and get rid of all your Region 1s and just plunge into Region 2s. That's a shame. That's if I would have thought about it back when I started collecting Doctor Who DVDs, <laughs> I would have done Region 2. But Too late now. Having yeah. purchased the entire line in... Region, in region one, one yeah, at, no, I know, at, I know the at certain at, at great expense, it's just very <laughs> reluctant to switch over. <laughs> at no small expense, exactly. Yeah. Well, that's a real shame because if we just want to go on to the artist for a second, I mean, you've already referenced Daryl Joyce's backgrounds. Um, Daryl Joyce is an absolute genius. I love his work. Mm-hmm. His his you know his recreations of classic Who scenes mm-hmm. in kind of you know glorious seventy millimeter mm-hmm. Technicolor are just amazing and he's done right. fantastic work here mm-hmm. on Power of the Daleks is a really great choice. Adrian Salmon, if you're not a huge fan of Adrian Salmon, you should be. He's another complete comics genius. His uh, Cyberman strips in the nineties for Doctor Who magazine are. Never reprinted. I don't know why. Someone <laughs> needs to reprint those quickly. Some of the greatest, greatest Cybermen stories ever told. Um, mm-hmm. He's just an amazing stylist. He's also worked on Judge Dredd and worked for 2000 AD. Um, he's mm-hmm. done some great work for, for uh, kind of Hammer fanzines as well. Right. Great, great stylist and very, very in- instinctual, <laughs> instinctual yeah. artist. And his, again, I think his his shadings, his black and whites and greys on this are absolutely beautiful. Mm-hmm. Um, Martin Garrity, who I think did the majority of the character design. He did all the major characters. The background characters, like the guards and stuff, were done by Mike Collins. Yeah. Um, he's, uh, Garrity, again, is easily in my top five um, mm. Doctor Who uh, comic strip artists. Love his work. Um, I, have, I actually have some original work from... Adrian Salmon, mm-hmm. and I'm just kind of contemplating when I next have some money getting some original pages from Martin because they're mm-hmm. absolutely, you know, he's just, a, again, a beautiful stylist and very, very good with characters. Whereas often happens in the strip in Doctor Who magazine, they will introduce uh, characters. You know, they did a whole run with Barbara and Ian, and, and mm-hmm. Garrett is just, just kind of nails it on the page. I mean, I think you're right uh, here on in Power of the Daleks. He did have some problems, I think, especially with Ben. I was disappointed with Polly as well, actually, a little bit, because, you know, she's she, she should have been more Dolly Birdie, and mm. I don't know why he wasn't able to kind of pull that off. Well, I think this strikes to the problem, and I think that the color version that was shown in North America is kind of underlies where the problem was. They had six months to do it, so they are rushed. So that's that's basically a month per episode. Which is Uh, ridiculous, really. They really needed more time. time. And I think they're they're all on record of saying that as well, really. I I don't think anyone's pretending they didn't have enough time. I think that's one of the strengths that Charles Norton has, is he can bring things in, and he may be a perfectionist, but if he is a perfectionist, he's able to keep things under control and say, well, we have a deadline, we have a goal, and good enough is going to have to be good enough. Yeah, I think it's really commendable that they took on a six-part story and got it animated and out on a shiny silver disc. But I wish the powers that be, the commissioning editors, would have said, "BBC America." This is well, BBC America and BBC Worldwide would have said, "Look, this is our flagship property, even though it is a fifty-year-old audio. Yeah, we need to treat this with." care we have good talent working on it we have garrity we have salmon etc we have them working on it we need to provide them with the resources and the time to make this thing really shine definitive yeah and i feel at least in my opinion that 
there are parts of this that work really well, mm-hmm. but they've left the door open for this to be redone in an animation, maybe 10, 15, 20 years down the line. Oh, really? You think? I you... do not think this is going to be the definitive power of the Daleks because I think the animation, not the art per se, doesn't do it justice. Interesting. I mean, uh, I mean, I know so little about the kind of actual kind of technology behind this. Does mm-hmm. animation, and, which, and I'm, again, I'm assuming that you do, David, so I'm going to ask you the <laughs> okay. question. Does animation in this way get easier as technology, as computers get faster? Like everything seems to happen. Will, will, it, will it be easier to animate in 20 years than it is now? This is flash animation and this is an old technology. Okay. This is not a technological limitation. This is the same technology style that they were using back in 2006. Cosgrove Hall did with the invasion. Right. And the, what they lacked was the time to go back and do the special scenes or draw extra hands so hands could move when they grasp something or point at something draw arms that don't look like stick arms or animate arms or people walking more naturally or more views of the face or smoother transition yeah it is a little bit eye with the engine at some points that's true yeah right so i think Aside from maybe um, Garrity not capturing certain likenesses of our principal characters, such as Ben, which which he's which he's totally able to do, and I and again, right. you know, he, I just don't think he was given the time. Yeah, I mean, I, I'll reference our listeners to another podcast, Doctor Who Panel, the panel where he was interviewed. Both he and uh, Garrity and Adrian Salmon were interviewed, and they were under very serious time constraints and Garrity was under a lot of pressure just to get some of the principal characters out and I think Ben Jackson Michael Craze was his first main character to get to the animators and he's not happy with his work and I think Mm -hmm. if they get another crack at it and they are doing another season four story so they have Ben and Polly that yeah, yeah. The, those designs will be revisited will be refined right right well good i mean i hope i mean i hope they do get another crack at it actually because mm-hmm. i mean i think it's a dream team i mean my only downside is is mike collins who i'm not a huge fan of for various reasons but i think the kind of joy scarity salmon mm-hmm. i mean really is that is a i mean you could not wish for a better group of artists what? who are you know died in the wool the other doctor who fans mm-hmm. they're also incredibly talented artists and they mm-hmm. all know exactly what they're doing well their goal for this was to have kind of a moving doctor who comic strip yeah and i think they made their goal now where they fall short in my view is in the animation and that's less of the artwork and that's more of the animation right and so those artists were not the animators And I think animation takes time, it takes money, and it's something I I really feel like BBC Worldwide set a budget for this that they knew that they can make the numbers work, and it really wasn't enough for a six-episode story. Six months maybe wasn't enough to do this visually justice. I mean, do do you think that we have enough confidence in BBC Worldwide and BBC America that if they do this again, they'll... They'll do it properly, or do we think they're just kind of money grubbing? I, I don't. I don't know. I mean, they certainly didn't have to do this, right? No, they didn't. They didn't. It was very nice of them. So yeah, we shouldn't criticize them because we like having it. Yes, there's an economic goal yeah. in this to bring it to a wider audience, but they certainly didn't have to do it. Praise the company! All <laughs> oh, praise the company. The company be praised. Uh, <laughs> that's a good story. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I love that story. Sunmakers, sunmakers. Sunmakers, sunmakers, yeah. I, I don't know. There was a question I kept asking myself is, is should they have done this? And I'm, I haven't made up my mind yet on it. And you know, Part of me says, yes, this makes the story more accessible for a lot of people. Some fans, some viewers really have a hard time with the telesnaps. And there are some episodes, like, say, The Myth Makers, which have no telesnaps. Right. And so the reconstructions that have been done are with sampled images from other contemporary films that these actors have appeared in. And that works to a degree, but you really aren't capturing what's going on. What I think should be encouraged is these visual reconstructions. But I think they should be given a little more money and a little more time 
to get it a little more smoothed out in the animation or go have give the artist the time to go back and say you're not happy with it how how long is it going to take or how many more drafts do you need to do before you think yeah. you will be happy with it because again you see i mean i think when you're dealing with people like aid salmon and, and garrity and daryl joyce mm-hmm. you're dealing with fans i mean this these aren't hacks these aren't people no. you know who who are who are just who just in it for the money these I are mean, professionals these, these, people, <laughs> these, uh, these are not only professionals these are people who desperately want to get this right mm-hmm. and will you know if you give them the time they'll get it right and, mm-hmm. and it's and you know obviously you know one doesn't want to uh, suggest that it should be some kind of abusive relationship, which I think is 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 so often common with mm-hmm. with money people versus creative people. You know, if you'd given that team another couple of months, they probably would have worked for free. Um, uh, I don't think they would have worked for free, but I, think I know, that, but they would have. You know, the, it's, the, it's, it's, well, they, it's the time well, was the problem, not well, each, necessarily each, the money. Each one of these are jobbing artists, so yeah. the problem with a, a long project like this that took six months, or even say a project that takes nine means months, they can't take other work. Exactly, and if yeah. you're turning away work, eventually yeah. the phone's going to stop ringing. Yeah, because so, you're a freelancer, you know, and you're you're having to yes, none exactly. Of them make, yes, so yeah. you you have to balance your career with your fandom passion too so there yeah. there needs to be a hard cutoff point you can't just be tinkering on this for the next 15 years and expect well, it to be true. a profitable project so I, I really <laughs> i really don't know what the right answer for this is as soon as it was available to order i i put you down put down my money and ordered it i you know yeah. I, I went to the phantom film event in a theater and watching it and i mean i'm trying to be very supportive for this because i like these stories of the 1960s i want them to have a greater exposure to the general doctor who fandom so i'm yeah i'm on board with things that make them more accessible and my perfectionism my <laughs> standards i i just struggle with it for my own personal taste but the general reaction i think from fandom across the board has been fairly positive Mm. i think that's my sense reading uh forums and listening to reviews yeah i haven't heard or seen a lot of people saying this sucks never do another one Mm -hmm. no i think that there's a lot of uh, support for more reconstructions more animations of classic doctor who and there's even some call for you know some of the titan comics to be turned into right, uh, right. dramas or uh, some of the big finish to have visuals added to yeah them. i mean i mean speaking as a you know as obviously a, a fan of doctor who who is of, of enough of a fan to do a weekly podcast about the show <laughs> You know, there is an element of kind of shut up and take my money here. Hmm. They could do a, a far worse job than they did in terms of animating Power of the Daleks, and I'd still buy it. Mm-hmm. And there is a, you know, obviously one has money, one has a finite amount of money, one likes to buy used to big, uh, you know, the odd big finished DVD. Mm-hmm. You know, there's box sets, not every year, but every other year. But, you know, there's less classic Who to buy mm-hmm. at the moment. And I would like to be able to buy more classic Who. Well, we've gotten to a point where we have to be very selective with what we purchase in Doctor Who because of the uh, popularity of the series or the uh, popularity of the merchandising going along with it, that there's really, you could go broke buying some things. So you have to be selective on what you're going to do. And I think Big Finish especially knows that there's a limited lifetime of actors and they want to produce as much as they can with the voices that they can the talent that they can get now right right and i expect to be catching up with big finish for the rest of my life i'm not going to be able to keep pace financially with their output yeah yeah no you're right i mean ultimately i think if we had all the visuals for all the doctor who's of the 1960s do you ever see that they would go back and animate them or do anything more than doing like the special editions where they did some CGI? Like we, ha- you had talked about previously, like where where is my Jurassic Park dinosaurs in the invasion of the oh, dinosaurs? That's true. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's that's true. I mean, I uh, I mean, I think I'd have to be able to see some of the ones that are missing. Mm-hmm. You know, I have toggled backwards and forwards watching the uh, Dalek invasion of Earth mm-hmm. between the you know the CGI Dalek oh, saucers right. and the kind of saucer Dalek mm-hmm. saucers. I mean, like they, and they literally are saucers hanging from strings. Yep. And one thing, what's interesting about the about some of the minor 
effects tweaks on those 60s episodes because it's a lot easier to do in black and white mm. and certainly the the cgi effects on uh, in <laughs> on dalek invasion are, are very very fine mm-hmm. if someone heresy of heresies you know went into the web planet for instance and like swapped out all the zarbi for like cgi zarbies mm. um i'd kill them because <laughs> the whole point of the web planet is that it's these are pantomime ants mm-hmm. and and that's what's so awesome about that about that story well it'd be interesting with the web planet if they did say do animation of it you could do a more insect like zarbi for example you could do some of the things that (laughs) i think richard martin was the director for that and it's not always the most excitingly directed visually compelling cinematography in the web planet so would that story be less snore inducing for a certain segment of Doctor Who viewership if the visuals were updated. Well, yeah, I mean, I think, I mean, the one improvement I make on the web planet, and it, and it is almost perfect, so there's very little that you can improve on it, Okay, um, is the backgrounds, which are very obviously quite close to the characters rather than a long way away. Well, there you go. You get someone to paint those out, and then Daryl Joyce can paint in new, exactly, <laughs> new backgrounds. Because exactly. I'm not entirely sure that, you know, a giant man-ant is able to cast a shadow on space, um, <laughs> but that is actually what happens in that, in that, which is what makes it so great. But uh, sorry, we'll go back to CGI. I mean, I think I would love to have some Jurassic Park dinosaurs in <laughs> in the in the dinosaur invasion. I think that would be wonderful. I think your closest is going to be Gavin Rymill's uh, rotoscoping yeah. and inserting yeah, them in. Yeah, I did a good job with that. I mean, I think you know when you get to some of the more complex stories. I mean, let's just. I think one of the weird missing episode still that everyone is confused about like why this is still missing because there were so many copies made is is marco polo Mm -hmm. but you know that would be incredibly challenging i think to animate because there are so many characters so many complicated backgrounds Mm -hmm. everyone's in costume gonna be tricky well adrian salmon that's one i think one that he would like to have a crack at animating and he wants to do that in color he thinks that's warranted in color. Well, and I think, I mean, I think in some ways I, he's right about that. Because, of course, there are a lot of very, very fine uh, studio still yes. imagery um, from that show in, in color. You know what I would like to see is I would like to see Adrian Salmon animate that in an Adrian Salmon style. <laughs> um, I mean, I don't know how familiar well, you I... are with his style, mm-hmm. but, you know, he, just to do it complete. OK, this is an Aid Salmon joint and it's going to look like this. You know, it, it would remind me a lot of the Samurai Jack a cartoon network show i think if it was done oh, in an adrian salmon style yes okay this is this is this is okay we want we want it now <laughs> we want marco polo animated by adrian salmon in the style of samurai jack yes please. well in the style of adrian salmon which i think would be a lot like samurai jack so that, that is another shut up and take my money moment <laughs> i don't want i don't want to hear any arguments against that just do it well that's an interesting question then would it be better to make a very stylized presentation. So say something that's kind of mm. out there, like the Macra Terror. Right. Would that right. benefit with a more stylized treatment rather than trying to capture, like what Planet 55 yeah. did with, I would love to with see the that. moon base or with the end of the 10th planet? Yeah, I would love to see Macra Terra animated in the style of Yellow uh, Yellow Submarine. <laughs> That'd be kind of cool. Oh my God, that would be amazing. It, they're roughly <laughs> contemporary, and to have all our who, you know, our who characters in a you know in a kind of psychedelic Yellow mm-hmm. Submarine style, wouldn't that be amazing? Oh my God, yes, please. <laughs> do it i mean no one would buy it apart from me but you when know. you land your next job that's uh, lucrative you can uh, commission that to be made yes macro terra done in the there style of the yellow submarine yes okay yeah I, I i like that idea i think we are a little bit caught here in imagining that any animation will be just like live action and it isn't so you either try and push it as far as it mm-hmm. can go, obviously they pushed it as far as they could go with Power of the Dark. It's given the lack of money right. and lack of time. But it's never going to look like the real thing. And I think, you know, when one looks at really successful animation, it is mm-hmm. Samurai Jack or it is Yellow Submarine or it is, you know... Um, you Disney and Pixar. Yeah, 
that Disney's yeah. Well, Pixar's slightly different because I mean it's you know it's it's all that it's all computerized, computer animated stuff. But again, you know, I mean, let's think of a of a Doctor well, Who th- episode where computer animation would work really well. I think you could do a Pixar you know. treatment of this, but you're going to get into trouble as you get the uncanny valley effect with us uh, computer animation and humans. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So I think you're better off with a slightly stylized yeah. presentation. And I think, you know, if you can imagine something that is super action-packed, like Dalek Master Plan, do it like a... Oh, okay, here's another idea. Let's do the Dalek's Master Plan in the style of Century 21 Super Marionation, and let's just have puppets. <laughs> I'll pass on that. <laughs> like I'll pass on that. Oh, no, 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 no. Okay. I want that as well. Yes, let's right. do that too. Um, <laughs> Well, let's just get some great animation style. So I think where you're going to get into trouble, you're never going to recapture, and you may not want to recapture what was actually filmed in the 1960s, right? So Mm. where you can get as close as you can with Peter Cushing in Rogue One, where you're going to have, you know, that's state of the art right now. So you're going to have real live actors you're going to restage the sets you're going to restage everything you're going to put digital mask on everything and everyone's going to be pantomiming lip syncing to the original soundtrack or you can do something like what they've done in power of the daleks where it's a moving comic strip and i think i think for what they set out to do in the time and money that they had to work with they did a really good job I think they did an excellent job, and I I would be a lot more interested in them pushing this closer to comic strip rather than closer to Peter Cushing, because I think, well, obviously, you know, time and money means they're never they're, they're never going to have a Star right. Wars budget, and even with Star Wars's budget, I think we've already had this conversation. I, I think Cushing was mm-hmm. okay. Spoiler alert: Princess Leia was like a blob that had <laughs> Princess Leia written on it. Okay. Yeah. You know, in my dream world, I would like to see these 60 stories animated in era appropriate or story appropriate mm-hmm. styles. And I think that would take a lot of the uh, pressure off these very, very talented artists to kind of do things that maybe they're not fully happy doing, if you see what I mean. Neither Garrity or Salmon have experience with animation other than their stint with Dad's Army. Oh, yeah. Well, again, I mean, see, this is getting interesting, see, because, I mean, the Dad's Army mm-hmm. animation... It was Stripe for Frasier, I think, was what they animated. Yeah, it was, you know, because, I mean, obviously, Dad's Army was also a radio show as well, as well as a very mm-hmm. successful sitcom. The challenge with Dad's Army is it's a character-driven sitcom, right. and you have a, an ensemble of very, very mm-hmm. talented comic actors who are absolutely on point in terms of their body movements and body language and facial movements. That's what I feel Very, really very was, difficult. Very difficult. I, that's what I always feel it's lacking in these animations, and especially with Troughton. With Troughton, yes. His facial yeah. animations, he conveys so much with just a squint or a wrinkle or just yeah. a raised eyebrow. And I think those are lost in these presentations they have to be i I think what's instructive about someone like Troughton, you know he wasn't a stage actor he was a television actor a film actor Mm -hmm. it was all about subtlety he was not about big gestures he's Mm -hmm. not Laurence olivier uh, you know who actually was never on doctor you know what i mean you know he's just a just a just a beautiful beautiful screen actor right and you know without actually knowing what he's doing and we don't know what he did because we don't have the images that's almost impossible to animate because it's mm-hmm. not an animation job i mean you, you don't get that kind of subtlety with animation what you get right. with animation is those big samurai jack style gestures well, so you can maybe, you can but i mean but i you, think you can get facial animation you look at a, a, a disney or you look at a pixar you have a lot of facial animation but this is a hollywood movie budget with a hollywood movie return on it and i don't have bbc worldwide (laughs) figures on how much these things are going to make but it's nowhere close yeah yeah and so i really am hopeful that we get more animations done I liked what Dan Hall and what the BBC Classic DVD series did with commissioning of having multiple studios working on this. Yeah. If we're going to get more, I would really like the team that Charles Norton put together with Garrity and Salmon and Richie and Collins, et cetera, 
to continue on working with it, but I don't want them to be the only studio doing animations until they're done. I would like to see other efforts in it. And I think every time we have different directors, we have different producers in this era, and I would like to see different animation houses and styles. Definitely. um, Definitely. being added into it and e- that's not to say that if we did something in a uh, salmon style yeah that couldn't be done by this team but my thought is bbc worldwide will probably want to continue on with things being as close to or quasi realistic quasi realistic yeah. yeah i mean i think that's a mistake really because i don't think it's achievable on the budgets that they have <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry, I'm now I'm, I'm getting utterly obsessed by the idea of the Macro Terror done in the Yellow Submarine style. <laughs> I'm, I'm becoming completely obsessed by this concept. <laughs> that would be an interesting place to go. I mean, I think also, I think, sadly, I think a lot of, of the more conservative, of which there are a great many fans of the show, <laughs> want to have something that is recognisably something that's like animation that they recognize mm-hmm. and to push it in an interesting artistic direction i think would cause problems with some fans there is no pleasing all of fandom Ugh, no definitely not bunch of weirdos <laughs> well i mean we'll see people prejudging the next actor who's going to be cast yeah, as the the doctor solely based on his or her debut uh, tilda swinton when... i think is the, is the smart one he's currently on mm. well we'll see mm. we'll see i don't i don't think it's gonna be tilda i don't she well has... she's a well yeah i, I doubt Ma- she will or, be or matilda as i like to call her because that is actually her real name <laughs> yeah i think it, you're going to get more of a television actor or actress rather than a yeah, cinema actor. yeah she's actor. not going to come back from hollywood to be on doctor who that's ridiculous well, you, you never know you never know that's true that is true that's true. Uh, Miranda Hart, I think, is still my top <laughs> choice for a, for a lady one. Well, cool. This has been yeah. fun. It's, it's it's well worth buying. Well, I mean, no. Buy I mean, it in Region 2 if you have access to a Region 2 player, by all means. I mean, if you're listening to this, you, sh- you should have bought this already. I mean, why are you bothering to listen to our podcast <laughs> if you haven't bought a copy of Power of the Dark? All two of you. You fool. <laughs> all two or three of you. Come on. Come on, Andy. I know you're listening because you listen. You listen every week. Go out and buy yourself a copy of Power of the Daleks. It's a wonderful animation. Please do it's it. It's still in print in Region One, at least. <laughs> okay. Uh, so, quick question before we go. Oh yes. Mm-hmm. Assuming that there's going to be another one animated, what's uh, your, yes. and you know the style that it's going to be animated in. It's going to be mm. in a traditional style that we have had now with most of our animations. Which story is next? Oh, which stories? Oh, I thought you were going to ask you which stories do I want to be next? Yeah, um, exactly. Which story do you want next? Oh, do I want to be next? Oh gosh, you're putting me on the um, you put me on the, <laughs> on the on the spot here. Um, uh, well, it would have to be a Trown story because we've got all we've got Trown, you know, in the can. <laughs> I mean, maybe I don't know. Maybe it would be, and then you know, we've got Ben and Polly. Well, it doesn't necessarily have to be. You know, it could be the Space Pirates. You could have Jamie and Zoe if you want. Space Pirates would be cool. I mean, I uh, some great CGI spaceships. Now, the Space Pirates, I can see you doing, well, either that or you could do it in the uh, marionette style oh, that you're talking yeah. to. Okay, well, yes. Okay, I'd like that. <laughs> um, I thi- Yeah, no, um, uh, I, I'm, I'm blanking on the name of the one, you know, uh, whether at Gatwick Airport. Um, oh, Faceless Ones. Faceless Ones. Yeah, I w- I've, uh, if they're going to do it again in this style, I want the Faceless mm-hmm. Ones. Okay. Yeah, because we we have some episodes. I'm I've always been curious about the faceless ones. It's kind of a good story, and I've I've always kind of enjoyed it. But mm-hmm. there's only a couple of episodes, so I would go for the faceless ones. Right. Or alternatively, I would go full super marionation on space pirates. Okay. How about you? <laughs> I think the one that I have the most trouble visualizing, and if they can smooth out the animations and do it like in a in a uh, in a two D style, maybe maybe in the style that uh, Disney did some of Hercules in. Okay, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I would like to see them do the Myth Makers. Oh, Myth Makers in the style of Hercules. Yes, now you that's good. Yes, very good. So you have kind of the outlines of Greek art that's on the urns and whatnot. That type of stylized Doctor Who, the Myth Makers. Very good. That was Gerald Scarf, who was kind of the guy who did all the designs for that. He was a very well-known uh, yeah. caricaturist in Britain in the sixties well, and seventies. Yeah, s- sign him up. 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's 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 an excellent choice. Excellent choice. I commend you. Would well, now would you have would you do it black and white or colour though? I would do it in colour. You do it in colour? Yeah, I think well, I do it in colour too. Simply because well, I mean we don't we don't have any telesnaps, do we? We mm-hmm. don't. So I mean we we literally have no idea what went on in that. I guess my motivation is that I think Charles Norton's team made the right decision to do Power of the Daleks in kind of a noir, black and white style, mm-hmm. but they were undermined by the Americans and ooh, colorized it. Ooh. So I think do it in color because you know they're going to go behind your backs and colorize it anyway. They're going to colorize like it anyway. Just start out doing it in color. Excellent. Yep. I would like to have the artists that are involved with it from day one doing the color. Yeah, excellent. And then, of course, uh, we need to kind of resurrect all the people who animated Yellow Submarine and, and let them lose on Macro Terror. <laughs> all right. Excellent. Why, why aren't we in charge of commissioning animation for we're BBC broke. Worldwide? <laughs> we should be, they should hire us. We've got, some, we've got really, really good ideas for this. All we need to do is get some crazy billionaire. He's, yep. he's, he's not actually crazy. Uh, um, to give us the money. And then, you know, oh, gosh. There we go. All right. Well, uh, this was exciting enjoyable. times. Exciting mm-hmm. times. Yes, this was enjoyable. I think we've covered it. I think we've covered yep. it pretty well. Wonderful. So go out and buy a copy of this DVD, everybody. It's it's actually worth having. And as David said, if you live in in Region Two, get a Region Two one. Mm-hmm. And if you live in Region One, uh, you try also try and get a Region Two one. <laughs> get a Region Two player. <laughs> yeah, get a Region Two player. They're very. All you got to do is just Google it. It's very easy. They're very easy to hack mm-hmm. DVD right. DVD players. Well, um, any any brand but Sony. Any brand but Sony. That is true. That is true. Yeah. Yeah. So, all right. Well, thank you for listening to episode 31 of the Metabulous 2 podcast. I've been David. And I have been Ben. And enjoy your evening. Thank you. Very good night. Thank you for listening to the Metabilis 2 podcast. You can reach us with email at metabilis2, as a number two, at gmail.com or on Twitter at metabilis2. And again, that's a number two. Hope to hear from you. Bye. All together now. 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 No one on the colony believes in Mecca. There is no such thing as Macra! Macra do not exist!